0: The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Faithful God, who leads us on our pilgrim journey, and in whom we live and move and have our being, through the guidance of your Spirit, strengthen us to run the race that is set before us, that we may not grow weary or lose heart, but remain faithful to our Lord Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God in glory everlasting. Amen. Maybe seated. The first lesson comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter twelve, verses one through four and twelve through thirteen. Hear the word of the Lord. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners, so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint but rather be healed. Thus ends the reading of the first lesson. To honor our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, please stand as you are able for the reading of the Gospel lesson, which comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, verses 35-45. through Hear the word of the Lord. As he approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard a crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Then he shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who were in front sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he shouted even more loudly, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and ordered the man to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me see again. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has saved you. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, praised God. The word of God for the people of God.
1: be seated. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and redeemer. Amen. So let's provide a little context for today's gospel lesson. Jesus has just told his disciples for the third time about what awaits him in Jerusalem. Jesus says he will encounter unbelief, rejection, suffering, and death. His eyes are firmly fixed on Jerusalem, on God's purposes and goal for us and for all of creation. Yet he stops to heal one man's blindness. How does the man respond? He follows Jesus, glorifying God. And what do the people do? All the people praise God. Now here at Jericho, just outside the royal city of David, is a blind man, most likely an outsider, sitting by the roadside begging. And we may notice that the man's cries are rich with messianic imagery, rich with the promise of an everlasting kingdom. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now maybe the man hopes to receive restoration and salvation of God foretold by the prophets like Jeremiah. The prophetic promise is, of course, that the Lord will gather his people from the farthest parts of the earth, among them the blind and the lame. As Jesus of Nazareth passes by, the cries of the beggar go up, and to some are an unwanted interruption. Those in the front sternly order the man to be quiet, but these naysayers do not deter him. Now, it's interesting to note the way the different people see Jesus. The people in the crowds are seeing Jesus of Nazareth. But the blind man sees Jesus, son of David. He says this twice. And then the third time, he calls him, Lord, Lord, let me see again. Jesus responds true to his mission and ministry, which he proclaimed at the beginning of his ministry in Galilee when he reads from the scroll of Isaiah, saying, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then Jesus adds, Today, this has been fulfilled in your hearing. Now it's helpful to remember how the hometown crowd in Nazareth responds to this because it's in direct contrast to today's story. Remember the hometown crowd scoffs, saying, Is this not Joseph's son? And as a result, Jesus is not able to do any works of healing or miracles. And then when Jesus openly names their lack of faith, it gets even worse. They are filled with rage, seeking to throw Jesus off a cliff. But Jesus presses on. Jesus passed through the midst of them and went on his way. Now, throughout our journey with God, we see the ongoing relationship between faith and healing and salvation. And today's healing is one of the more explicit examples. Of course, faith, healing, and salvation are gifts of God. And yet, there are things that we can do to cultivate and to nurture these gifts, like gathering for worship. In this example, not only does the man regain his sight, but his healing points to an even greater work to come. Jesus says, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Jesus points him and us to the work of salvation on the cross made available to all. Now this story also does something else. It reminds us that Jesus never loses sight of the ever-widening circle of family that God is gathering up along the way. And what a journey this has become for the blind man and for the people around him. What a story for the grandkids and for us even centuries later. The blind man's story is still being told sharpening our focus of who Jesus is and what it means to follow him. Now this theme of journey is a shared experience for us all. And so in this sermon series, we have looked at how we pack, what we take with us, faith being an essential for the journey. We have examined what it means to follow God in faith and trust as we set out for parts unknown, helping one another with our unbelief, watching out for what is in the road, including some detours, delays, and roadblocks. Now speaking of that, you have heard me laugh about the McLean family travel adventures, or rather misadventures, but they have become some of our favorite stories. And to be sure, we all have them. The flight delays, the canceled reservations, the terrible weather, and even the refrains of, Are We There Yet? coming from the back seat of the car. You may remember we even had a rooftop car carrier to pop open, littering the highway with clothing for miles on end. Don't even remember what state that was in. Back in college, while at NC State, my husband and a friend were coming back from the beach and they saw a detour sign for road construction, probably somewhere in Columbus County. Now to them, this detour seemed totally unnecessary and a long delay. Yeah, you hear what's coming. The the road looked perfectly clear to them as far as they could see. Ken and Charles decided to go for it. The first few miles were great, They were breezing along, no problem, and then it happened. With only 25 yards to go before the detour ended, they hit deep mud. The car started sinking almost up to the windows of that pea green cutlass supreme. (laughs) About that time, an old and wise farmer was passing by in his field. Much to the thanks of Ken and Charles, the old farmer kindly pulled them out with a winch attached to his tractor. Yes, this really happened, and yes, I have permission to tell that story. (laughs) Bet you cannot wait to travel with us. The truth is, these parts of the journey have become some of our favorite remembrances especially as we pulled together and made the most of these rich opportunities for shared growth and strength. God has a way of doing great work in the delays and in the detours, working for good even amidst the challenges and our sorrows. Maybe we can all identify with this. And so we press on, journeying together as a church, abiding, following, giving thanks that God has gone ahead of us, preparing the way. And at each stage of the journey, God's presence is with us, leading us, guiding us as we abide. But like Jesus, we also pay attention to people along the way. For others may be able to see things that we cannot see. We build authentic relationships, learning from one another, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Or, as our translation this morning read, say Jesus is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And how appropriate! For pioneers go ahead, they blaze the trail, they go first, making a way for those who follow. And what an amazing journey this is. What a privilege it is to be partners in ministry and doing life together in this particular way, in this particular season in the life of this church. And along those lines, I'd like to highlight something from the church conference this past Monday night. The vote to move forward for the next phase of building to serve was unanimous. It was unanimous. We are unified in taking next steps toward the vision that God has for this church. The congregational unity and spirit evidenced by this joyful decision made me think of the beauty and musical. Harmony. Now, a couple weeks ago, I watched an interview with the American bluegrass band Steep Canyon Rangers, a band based in Asheville and Brevard, North Carolina. They have been together for a while, becoming even more famous recently as they toured with comedian and actor Steve Martin, who is also an extraordinary musician and banjo player. In this interview, One of the band members said they really like to highlight individual talents of each artist and band member at various points of the show. But in the end, by far, what they have found that really makes a lasting impression on people is the synergy of everybody working together. This is what sticks the synergy and harmony of everybody working together. Monday night was evidence of how well we are working together. This, in turn, makes a positive and lasting impression on others. How we go about our business is a powerful witness to others. The blind man sitting outside the royal city of David begging along the side of the road makes an impression on us and he sees what many in the crowd cannot. He sees Jesus the son of David, the long and expected Messiah. He sees the royal house and lineage of David. He sees a kingdom that has no end. He sees a kingdom that brings healing and hope and salvation to all who will receive. This is the tradition and lineage in which we follow, in which we have faith, in which we are healed, and in which we are saved. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses whose lives are still bearing fruit for the gospel among us today, Let us also lay aside every weight and run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Encountering Jesus means we own up. We face our own spiritual blindness. Yet we do so moving forward with hope and with confidence because the spirit and power of God is upon Jesus, the son of David, whose mission is to bring healing, wholeness, and salvation. Jesus enables us to see again. And all the people praised God. Amen. Amen. Amen.